Hello and welcome to series two of my podcast, Innovation, where we get to hear stories and experiences of incredible women in science and technology. Not only will you get insights into some fascinating innovations, but you may also even relate to their stories, especially if you're a little unconventional or non-conforming. As with all science and technology, what these women do for a living has a real impact on all of our lives and we don't often realise it. But here on Innovation, I'm also giving women a platform for them to be heard and for us to be inspired and uplifted by what they've learned along their life's journeys, both personally and professionally. This week, I talk to Shruk El Attar, an electronics engineer and belly dancer. I'll let her explain more. My name is Shruk Elata and I am a senior electronics engineer, the lead electronics engineer at M Technology. And I am also a belly dancer and I am a refugee. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. And I've met you before once. Yes. Um, <laughs> and wow, like you are someone that, you know, is unforgettable. I remember when, um, the presenter of our panel came up and sort of like reeled off your CV. It was like 10 minutes <laughs> later, you're still talking about your qualifications. Um, you've done so much. It's it's kind of crazy. Um, do you want to just run me through like a synopsis of all the incredible accomplishments? Today? <laughs> I think there's a lot of people who've done a lot more things than me and a lot more incredible things than me uh, but also I think it's important to be proud of your achievements in it we, we're always raised right to to be humble and it's uh, taught that we're arrogant for appreciating ourselves and appreciating the work that we do so I do appreciate that work that I do do um, what have I done though <laughs> uh, so I've done all sorts of things really I've done um I've done the electronics on uh, a COVID ventilator uh that's completely open source uh when the pandemic hit uh I worked at LV uh, making uh smart pelvic floor trainers and smart breast pumps uh that belong in the 21st century and aren't just you know something that's telling people who breastfeed uh to feel like dairy cows um, and fits around the meetings and fits around their lives because they're humans. Um, what else have I done? I've uh, worked at Renishaw for a bit, making um, industrial robotics. Uh, so that's a lot of work with FPGAs, which are, are a bit like microcontrollers. Uh, just a little computer, really. Um, yeah, and uh, Betty danced around the world, countries as far as India, countries as far as Japan. And uh, it's really important for me to recognize both parts of, of my work because a lot of people would raise their children to be like you can be an artist or an engineer uh, but I always say embrace the power of band. So uh, when you were describing yourself it suddenly triggered a memory of you giving me the most awesome business card. Um, <laughs> uh, do you have any to hand? Oh uh I'm sure I do somewhere, but um, yeah, I'm sure um, I don't have one right now, but it's, right. a, it's a printed circuit board business card. Uh, so I'm also, I forgot to say, I am the host of Shrikitronics, which is an electronics show, uh, the Shriki show about electronics sponsored by RS Grassroots Education uh, and also a podcast called Badass Engineers, where I interview 
badass engineers, including hopefully Shilly Samara. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'd love to be on your podcast. And I don't know, there's just so much to talk about. Um, and, you know, let's just summarize by saying you've done some really badass engineering uh, in the <laughs> electronics industry. Um, and I think when I first met you, one thing that really, well, there were so many things that struck me. Let's take things one by one. So first thing, um, you were working on some pretty interesting devices that are kind of more on the feminine side. And I found it so interesting that it was like a feminine product, but needed to be engineered. And it was engineered by you. Like, hmm. Was it important that you were involved in projects like these or did it just happen by accident? Uh, well, it's important for me and it also happened by accident. I didn't realise that there is a place in electronics called Femtech for ages. Um, and I always felt like I had to be somebody else at work and, and somebody completely different in my own time uh, to be respected and to succeed and, and um, to, to fit in, really. Uh, but at the same time, I really cared about uh women's rights about transgender rights about lgbt plus rights um and about you know the representation of people of color in in uh, technology and in engineering um and it's really great to find myself in a field within electronics engineering uh where i can still do all of these things and be loudly and proudly me you know like i will go into work wearing a crop top uh, or a cute dress and uh, nobody will, you know, that's just me. Nobody, nobody will uh, respect me any less or speak to me any differently because that's what I wear. Yeah, it's that's the kind of second thing that I wanted to talk about is merging worlds because the belly dancing and the engineering feels like opposite ends of a spectrum. How has it been for you trying to cross-pollinate these interests? It's um, it's really hard. So for me, it's all intersectional. Like I'm not an engineer and a belly dancer. I'm a I'm a belly dancing engineer. Does that make sense? Um, and you know, with my belly dancing, for example, I teach uh, belly dancing robot workshops and courses. So they all really bleed into each other. But it took a long time to find a place. And, and my confidence and my voice to be able to say that loudly and, and not be worried about it. And even, you know, even just a few weeks ago, so I am at this stage of my life where I am very confident with everything that I'm doing. Uh, but even just a few weeks ago, I performed at this um, diversity and engineering event. I did a talk and I also did a uh, belly dance performance. The talk was taking so well. Everybody loved it. And there was a big divide in that diversity and engineering event when I performed. Uh, I literally had a guy at the end of the night come to me and ask me if I ever wondered uh, if my work is demeaning to women. Um, and that's, that's at a diversity and engineering event. So there's still a long way to go. Yeah, it's, it's really tricky. And we started talking about this when we were um, out that event at AFBE um, and I just wanted to really delve into this because it's one of these things where you can spend hours talking about it um, or you can kind of take a solution and move on 
um, you know, because what we share, uh, what we have in common is that we have both engaged in things that seem conflicting or contrasting. Mm. You, know, you with your belly dancing and your engineering, me with my engineering and kind of fashion, modeling, all that kind of stuff. Like it has always been kept, in my experience, it's always been kept mutually exclusive. And yeah. engaging in these two different things, it somehow diminishes both. Um, how have it's you, crazy. How have you dealt with that? Oh, I, I don't. I don't think my fight will will ever end until society's uh, views of these things change. But how mad is it that we will think less of somebody's engineering uh, abilities because they do something else on top? How are we not thinking that as a wow? You're doing both. That's incredible. But instead. We're doing, oh, you're doing belly dancing. That means you're a worse engineer. What? You're doing modeling. That means you're a worse engineer. Excuse me. <laughs> Don't you mean I'm superhuman? Don't you mean this is amazing? Don't you mean it's so cool that you can do both because we need to see more people who can do both? Uh, yeah. I don't know when it will ever end, but I think it definitely is better than it was 10 years ago. Um, I will find myself, though, in corporations today uh, not all corporations, but like engineering corporations today, where it does feel like it is still 10 years ago. Well, you know what? Um, I feel like I'm outing myself here, but <laughs> I graduated um, 18 years ago. And uh, yeah, I'm really old. One thing. No, you're not. You're, I mean, but, First of all, let's let's get rid of the the compliment. Uh, like it, it's not a compliment to to be younger or to be older. But also, that's not old. That's not old at all. Well, the thing is, is that when you talk about like it wasn't like that ten years ago. Like I ended up like really, I was so weighed down with the constant comments of like. You know, if you're if you're going to castings and um, your your fashion modeling whilst doing engineering, no one's going to take you seriously. And you know, you can't be very um, you can't be very uh, uh, I don't know. It just really got me. It really got me down. Yeah. And what's very inspiring about talking to you is that you insist on fighting against it, and not only fighting against it but belly dancing with a beard <laughs> yeah kind of sticking yeah. things up I am I am I'm I'm challenging expectations in many ways but I think it's really upsetting that you went through that 10 years ago with modeling like modeling and belly dancing I feel like the stigma for belly dancing is even bigger uh, and I'm just so upset that you went through that for something that isn't as stigmatized um but still was that much of a big deal to some people and we're wondering why we can't retain diversity why we can't attract diversity and that's why we don't make it an easy industry for people like us to exist and I love what I've done with my engineering career and I'm so proud of things um I created, I love pointing at something and being like, you know what, I made that. But 
I gotta be honest, I almost quit the industry <laughs> entirely more than once. It's not easy, even with some, for somebody like me, to, 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 to exist happily in that industry. I've gone so close to quitting so many times. And I don't think that quitting is, is for losers. I think knowing when to quit is a great skill. But I'm glad I didn't. Because had I done so back then, I wouldn't be able to speak to you, amazing Shinny, and be able to speak about all the cool things um, that people like us do in the industry but yes I do I do belly dance in a bit <laughs> you know we'll get to that in a second but I'm so glad you didn't quit either because um it's so important to keep going I think pioneers and trailblazers they really have it tough because they just are walking the path alone completely alone um mm. And by you not quitting, uh, yes, you may end up walking that path alone for a bit, but then you end up having people go, I'm like you, I'm going to keep going too. <laughs> and it's, you become a role model, you become an inspiration for others. Hmm. Um, it is a lot of work and, and you do become a role model and you become an inspiration for others, but I also want to create an industry where people like us don't have to burn themselves out in order to be successful in order to have, you don't have to be a role model I look at other people who have you know made it to CEO positions or CTO positions and they don't have to do what we have to do to get half as much so I'd love for for that to not have to happen in the future and I, I you know being okay with what you have is also fine so I feel like there's a lot of pressure to do all the extras on top to like um, shine, to shine, to stand out. Um, and that's fine if that's what you want to do, but also not standing out is great too. It sounds like you've had to go through a lot. Um, <laughs> so do you. <laughs> I'm excited yeah, about I, having you on my podcast to get through that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's hours of conversation. Do you think you could summarize the kind of like emotional journey you've been through? Oh, I don't I don't think I can summarize it. No. It's a roller coaster. Very 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 happy, very exciting, very proud at times and very broken, very disappointed, very betrayed, betrayed at times. Um and yeah, I I even just walking into a conference, you know, for electronics or something, if I'm walking with a guy who knows nothing about electronics, I'll ask a question um, as in the electronic engineer and uh, the person I'm asking will answer my own question to him. It's that sort of daily, smaller fights that you have to keep on fighting every day. And they're, they're not huge, but doing it every day is big. And I would not probably be able to say in electronics and engineering if I didn't find femtech mm. so what keeps you going like what are you hoping to achieve in the future I love electronics I love electronics that's what keeps me going and I, I feel very lucky that I love electronics because I feel a lot of people are in engineering for other reasons 
perfectly valid, but it does make the fighting harder. Uh, but yeah, I love circuits. I love circuits so much. I've always sort of taken stuff apart when I was younger and, and been completely amazed by that green board with all the little tiny things on it. And I'm just like, how does it do anything? And now I know. I love it. What I see in you is someone who is so multidimensional. And what I see in you is someone that is not apologizing anymore for having so many dimensions to herself, right? And, and it's like, I don't know, like you don't want to be put in a box and, yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what is really inspiring is someone who is refusing to be put in a box and labeled and summarized. That's why I'm struggling to summarize you because <laughs> you don't want to be summarized, right? Yeah. Why should you? I uh, yeah, it's it's a pro and a con, really, because it's it's very. I love it because it's it's who I am, and I've worked really hard on on loving who I am, and I don't shy away from love and me anymore. Um, but it it does it does make it hard to like summarize what you do, and like uh, if I'm pitching for something, it's harder to summarize anything. If I'm working on a new project uh, that is out of my idea, it's chaos. <laughs> It's got too many, too many bits, but I, I have ADHD. Um, I used to be on medication, uh, but it didn't quite work for me. It, it really killed my creativity. And I think medication is amazing and it works for a lot of people. Um, but it just, I, I wasn't the right person for it. Uh, so it just means that I've learned how to live with my chaos and creativity. Um, but the world isn't quite built for it. Like the world is built for one hour plus meetings you know and I'm just who's got that kind of attention span does anybody still know what's happening in the meeting 10 minutes later because I don't <laughs> yeah I mean what's what's really inspiring about listening to you is that um by just being yourself you are changing the face of engineering because the stereotype <laughs> was always Older white male, mm. probably with a beard, and back in the day, a bowler hat. Yeah. And um, engineers, the engineers I meet are just not like that. Same. Same. Yeah. I think we've created a really nice niche for ourselves where we meet all the other cool people in engineering. <laughs> but we're not even niche. Like Elon Musk is an engineer and he was smoking a joint on the radio. <laughs> I mean, you know, so I'm not, not that I'm advocating, you know, kind of drugs or, you know, uh, anything out there, you know, but I just feel that engineers are not like what we perceive them to have been in the past. Mm. Like engineers are really creative. Mm. You know, mm. They are eccentric. They want to find out of the box solutions. They want to be mm. innovative and ingenious. And, and it sounds like you are all of that 
with um, your electronics engineering, but it sounds like you've got such a creative streak. And I think in order to be the best engineers that we can be, we've got to allow all dimensions of ourselves to... Not just allow, like actively encourage. I am gobsmacked that we turn away creative people from engineering. It took more than 160 years to realize that people who breastfeed don't want to be treated like dairy cows because we turn away creative people from engineering so they don't make any innovative solutions. They do the same over and over and over and over without any imagination. It's crazy. It's Sorry, that's the wrong word. I'm not going to use that term in that way again, but it's ridiculous that we tell creative people that you belong in the art and the art belongs there and it doesn't cross over here. What kind of engineering is that? That's not an engineering I want any part of. Well, if the face of engineering is changing, then maybe it's changing to be what it actually is, which is a discipline where art does meet logic. Mm. (laughs) I love that. Yeah, because all the engineers I've met are really practical people. They Mm. love to get their hands dirty, make things, um, break things, um, get inside contraptions and figure out how they work. And, you know, and and that's very different to the physicists I've met. And I don't want to start like labeling (laughs) here and and putting other people into boxes. Engineers versus physicists. Who's going to win? Yeah. I mean, gosh, I mean, I've done so much um, around physics, like, you know, as host of Crash Course Physics and stuff. But I, I, I must say I'm proud of the engineers I've met because we all love maths and physics um, to a certain degree. I mean, it's kind of like the, the, the core of what we do. Um, but on top of that, like we're just we're makers and we're problem solvers Mm -hmm. Um, and I think if you've got engineering in your blood uh it will always be there yeah yeah absolutely and actually I think if engineering was introduced to me as engineering I might have not been interested in it I think it's because I was taking electronics apart that I didn't know had a name like electronics I just thought it was magic um but I think that comes with the stereotype that we attach to it that isn't correct that that you know the lack of creativity that sort of thing I don't know about you Shinny if you if you feel similar about the term well you know I think I always had a very creative streak um Mm -hmm. and and to get into engineering I had to really exercise the logic part of my brain um Mm -hmm. but an area that we haven't really touched on is um, your experience as a refugee. Mm. Uh, how much do you think that has shaped you as an engineer? Uh, I think it shaped my um, resilience. Uh, so I don't know if you know, but I wasn't allowed access to engineering because I was a refugee. So I arrived to the country. I had no idea what the term asylum seeker meant. I was a child. And overnight, that, that was what I was called. Uh, I didn't 
really understand anything about what that meant for my life. And I just tried to do what I did and went to school. And I finished A-levels really early. And I was supposed to go to university very young. I was supposed to be in my first year of uni at 16. So I finished when I was 15. Um, and I was so excited to finally, you know, study that magic in, in university that I used to take all of these things apart and now I'm going to learn how to make them and then realize that I didn't have access to that, not because I didn't meet the grades, not because I was incapable, but because of a status that I found myself in overnight, nothing to do with my choices at all. And it was going to take however long the UK gov- government uh, thought it was going to take uh, and in my case it was six years so for six years I wasn't allowed to work or study or, or or leave the country I wasn't allowed to to travel so I couldn't even try and study anywhere else um, and you know for some people they're born into their status uh, for some people it could take 20 years for some people it could also take three months uh, but it really does feel like a lottery and you're treated like a criminal for claiming your legal right. Wow. Mm. Well, you know, so many of the experiences you describe um, don't sound easy, um, and a lot of them sound really, really difficult and painful. (laughs) Um, But you know what's so incredible is that uh, you seem so strong and courageous for it um and and sand is working <laughs> and really is there a facade <laughs> uh i mean i'm i'm a big advocate for fake it till you make it sometimes i'm not feeling very confident one day but i'll still try and act it you know yeah i absolutely hate the fake it till you make it thing um i just can't do it i really wear my Fair. heart sleeve and Mm. when I'm feeling vulnerable and rubbish um everyone that's close to me knows it uh but the thing about that is that I'm so outwardly who I am that when I'm in a rubbish place I know that I'm working through it and I'm going to get past it and it takes Mm. time Mm. but um thank you for admitting that like it is about facades because as much as you know, we do try and show our that we're on top of everything. Uh, it's also really brave that you've um, that you're enjoying all your multi dimensions, um, <laughs> and I feel like we could really get into like a, a, a deep discussion, but we don't have time today. Um, <laughs> but I, I wonder, like, do you have any sort of like? Uh, key pieces of advice for anyone that's really going through a lot and trying to just be their fullest potential yeah I I really I do want to go back and say that I love I love that you don't fake it till you make it I think I think that's really refreshing and there needs to be a lot more of that uh, but we also need to create a society and an industry where this is uh, this is not going to reflect negatively on anybody. Um, my advice would be, um, so I, I always, not always, but 
many stages of my life I felt like I'd have you know to dress differently to speak differently uh you know to straighten my hair uh to do things that would help me succeed or what I thought would help me succeed but I realized that you don't have to change who you are and you don't have to fit into a mold and you don't have to assimilate to be successful. I think actually using your difference could be your biggest weapon. That would be my biggest advice. Yeah, and you know what? Recently, I've been really coming to terms with the fact that uh, for a massive portion of my life, I have been so concerned about what other people think of me. Mm. That sounds really self-obsessive, but when you are so different and so unusual and so unconventional, it can feel so important to fit in. Mm -hmm. And the need to fit in comes with caring about what everyone else thinks. And recently I've just had to drop it. you know, I'm spending a lot of time in Paris where I don't speak the language. I'm learning, but I'm not up to speed. And the French speak really fast here. <laughs> often I'm just left going, it doesn't matter. You, you're, you're where you're at. You know, just because you're mm-hmm. not contributing to this conversation, it doesn't mean that you don't have the intelligence. And it doesn't matter what everyone thinks because you're quiet. Um, and it's just been a real sort of like recalibration of caring more about what I think about myself than what others think about me. Yeah. They're even bothering to think about me. (laughs) So I feel that that's something you've probably addressed. I feel like it's something I'm still definitely working through. I do care what people think about me all the time. And I'd be lying if I said I didn't. Um, And I would love to have the peace of mind that you've worked yourself towards um and being content just with what you think about yourself uh but I'm not there yet and I think it's going to be a long journey what what helped you how did you get there age (laughs) exciting I think I think I'm a lot older than you and literally you just get to an age and I I feel so bad for the younger women that I mentor because they're just like no but it's you know, because, you know, when I was in my 20s, it did matter what people thought because mm. you don't have that experience and you don't have the sort of what 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 comes with time, you know. And um, I think being probably older than you, I can say that um, it's just too exhausting. You get to a point where you're like, I've mm. been really anxious and stressed out about what everybody else thinks. And I've been really trying to make sure that everyone likes me. <laughs> get to a point where you're just too exhausted to care. So I don't really wish it on anyone because it means that you have to be older. And I think being young is really cool. No, uh, no, 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 no. The opposite. I'm really looking forward to getting older and feeling like that. I, I, can we please normalize older? Like people getting older is a normal thing. Uh, Shinny, you're so young. <laughs> I'm young at heart and I think that's also a really important thing is to um, constantly be on a journey of 
self-evolution and um and and humility where you're learning all the time and mm. and I love this idea of um living in a world where people have just more open views towards towards each other mm. you know I think I would also have liked and still would like um representation of older women doing badass things in engineering and beyond. Uh why is there an un- a 30 under 30 and not, you know, 50 over 50? Can we please have a 50 over 50? Yeah. Well, I completely agree and hopefully you'll be belly dancing to 50 plus 60 <laughs> and um and you continue doing all the amazing things that you're doing it's just been so amazing to have a brief little chat with you um thank you so much for sharing your energy on this short podcast because um even just seeing you there is is inspiring without you even saying a word so thank you what thank you no seriously i'm trying not to interview you because i'm going to interview for my but you are an incredible inspiration and i love everything you've done and i can't wait to delve into that deeper on badass engineers as well in a few months yes i look forward to that conversation because there's just too much to talk about so yes <laughs> to be continued tbc everybody